0: Hello and welcome to the Oasis Church Podcast.
1: Over the coming months, we as a church are going to be looking at the Apostles' Creed together, an ancient summary of the Christian faith that has travelled through thousands of years and functioned as an anchor of truth in a constantly shifting world. The Creed presents truth claims that can be explored, that provoke questions, that come directly from Scripture and that are owned by a community.
0: Thanks for joining us. First is the Apostles' Creed. It reads I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified died and was buried. He descended into hell. On the third day, he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father and he will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, And the life everlasting. Amen. The second scripture is Philippians 2, 5 to 11 and I'll be reading from the New Living Translation. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, He gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born of a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. Therefore, God elevated him to the place of highest honour and gave him the name above all other names, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue declare that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of the Father. Amen. Okay, good morning,
1: one and all. Good morning everyone downstairs, good morning everyone upstairs, good morning everyone online and good whatever time of day it is you're watching this on catch up. Um, it is good to be in the room. Thank you so much Jacqueline for reading uh, the creed over us, for reading scripture over us. Uh, it just does us good and um, in a moment we're going to kind of get to look again at the creed, this ancient document that roots itself in the God revealed in the Bible of Father, Son, and Spirit. But before we get there I just want to kind of remind us of a question that we're living with if we're part of Oasis, if we consider Oasis home. Well, know there's a question that we're living with this coming year, which we want to uh, seek to define us more and more, not out of a sense of condemnation, but rather out of this deep sense of encouraging one another to live in the good of the life that Jesus offers us. And the question is this, it's, how are you doing living centered on Jesus? how are you doing living centered on Jesus? Like a simple yet profound question that we said we want to just keep encouraging one another through it by being willing to be asked and being willing to ask and also being willing to answer. Again, not out of a sense of could try better, but rather out of this sense of let's encourage one another to enjoy the good of a life that Jesus offers us. And we've already kind of within worship um, just spent time just marveling in the wonder of who Jesus is. We're gonna find that a lot of what we've sung about is what we're gonna look at in a moment. But I wanna just pause on this question for, for let's say 45 seconds. That's quite a precise measurement, isn't it? We'll see if I'm right. And under that question, how are you doing living centered on Jesus? I just wanted to turn to some people around us and just say, well, this is what it looks like for me. Maybe for some of us, it's like, I'm investigating what this looks like. For others of us, it's like, yeah, I've not really been thinking about Jesus much. For some of us, it'd be like, yeah, actually, this is what's helping me. 45 seconds, turn and speak to someone now. That's our 45 seconds. Hopefully, if you're online, you managed to stick it on the chat or maybe turn someone in your room with you. Um, For me at the moment, I'd say how I'm seeking to enjoy living centered on Jesus um, is by a kind of daily practice of just coming and praying at the start of my day, and it kind of then shapes the rest of my day, of doing what uh, Janet said at the beginning, of just stilling myself before God and saying, God, you're God. Therefore, I need you today, and I want to receive your grace For this coming day. And I'll then say specific things I know I've got coming on in my day or coming up in my day that I say, God, I need grace for this. And then I also say, and God, I wanna pray for peace for tomorrow. And then I'll commit to God things that are on my mind that I'm concerned about. And I'm finding just that moment of just coming, remembering God's God and I'm not, of just receiving my grace from God for the day ahead and saying, and I trust this peace, I trust this to you and receive your peace for tomorrow. It's just causing me to live more and more enjoying just centering on Jesus. And it's a thing that I just keep coming back to. And so I just keep saying, let's keep encouraging one another, asking the question, sharing our answers, because it spurs one another on. Now, why do I do this? Well, because actually what we're going to look at today in respect to this, in respect to the Apostles' Creed is we're going to look at just the wonder of who it is we are centering our lives on. We're going to look at the beauty of who Jesus is. We're going to contemplate again. If you were here last week, we we looked at the reality of this creed isn't a document that we just like recount and just speak out. It's actually one that as we speak, we're considering the words that we're saying in order that it allows us moments to contemplate and allow that journey from our head to our heart to go on. Say, oh yeah, this is the wonder of this God that I come to center the whole of my being on. Therefore, again, I'm going to be encouraging us as we come in this moment to both contemplate now the words that we're looking at and over the coming week as individuals together in small groups. As this week, we get to look at and center on the wonder of who Jesus is, where the Creed says, Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of Virgin Mary, Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of Virgin Mary. And to aid us in looking at the wonder of who Jesus is revealed through these words that we're speaking, I want to use three words that we use a lot within Oasis, and that is pause, centre, and continue. I want us to pause in this moment, to pause from the things that we've carried into this room, or maybe if we're sitting at home that we're thinking about, considering, to pause from our concerns that are outside of this room, the things that we know we've got on later today, or we think that are coming up in this week ahead, and to pause from them and say, in this moment, I want to come and center on who you are, Jesus. I want to remember. I want to wonder again at who you are and allow you to take the center point, the throne of my life. And as we then center, we're then going to continue. And how we're going to continue at the end is we're going to share communion together as we get to receive afresh at the wonder of who Jesus is. And then continue as we leave this space to say that we go Knowing Jesus at the centre, and sharing Jesus with all we come into contact with. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to pause, which is what we're doing now. Why don't you just pray for us? Just if you feel comfortable, why don't you just close your eyes? A way of not get distracted by others. Now it's going to pray for us. Jesus, I pray now. Would you come and would you meet with us? I pray where we're coming with different expectations different concerns, different questions. In this moment, we just come and and lay them down before you. Maybe in that moment, just think of the thing and just say, "Yeah, Jesus, I just give this to you. And Jesus, I pray as we've given you our concerns, our questions, responsibilities we're carrying, we just say in this moment now, would you cause our eyes to see you clearer? I pray, Jesus, would you cause us to now centre more on you, to see and to savour you afresh. Amen. Okay, let's centre then on Jesus. Philippians 2.9 says this, Jesus, the name above all other names. Like, we've sung that a lot this morning, haven't we? Like, the name above all other names. Like, names are important. Like, if I was to say a few names, I don't know, like, Boris. <laughs> Beyonce. Didn't get a laugh. I thought I thought it might get. oh, yeah, Beyonce. Uh, Stormzy. Some of us are thinking, like, who are the last two? Um... <laughs> the reality is there are just, like, names that we can hear, and immediately it reminds us, and we think, oh, yeah, I know who they are. But the names that we can speak of where it feels that consensus, oh, yeah, when you say Boris, I know the Boris you're talking about. Beyonce, yeah, there's one. Stormzy, yep, there's one. But the reality is, those names that can be known in the world around us, in the room here, online, that actually they're known for a period of time. Like in a hundred years' time, when someone says Boris, they will not immediately jump to the Boris we're all thinking about. Or Stormzy, they'll think, what's that about? Or Beyonce, there'll be this, what's going on there? And Paul writes to the Philippians and said, oh no, there's one whose name is timeless. There's one whose name is always to be known. Is always to be revealed. You see, it's a name above all names, not just because it's timeless, but because it reveals the wonder of who it is we're naming, and the name is Jesus. And the creed, if you like, then reveals the wonder of why Jesus is the name above all names. I'll just contemplate that for a moment as we find that Jesus is Christ, the Son, the Lord, who's one with us. So firstly then, Christ. Christ is a title that's given. It's not the surname. I heard that recently in a film I was watching. Jesus the Christ, they said, is that his surname? No, no, it's the title. Christ is Jesus' title. It's a title that's there revealed in the bit of the Bible before Jesus comes on earth, the Old Testament. Where you find these promises are given. There's going to come one who's the Christ, a Messiah, anointed one. An anointed one who's going to do two things. He's going to come to rescue people. And he's going to come to rule over people. He's going to be a rescuing king. And the whole of the Old Testament is continuously looking towards this one that's promised, who's going to come to rescue and who's come to reign. And we find out that Jesus is the one who is the fulfillment. He's the one who rescues. He's the one who rules. So that Paul writes to the church in, uh, to the people of Col- in Colossians and says, in 1:13, That Jesus has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves. That Jesus is the one who rescues us from darkness and then brings us into his kingdom that is filled with his light and his liberation that Jesus is a king who seeks to reign over us to do us good, to cause us to flourish under his unfailing love and kindness and goodness. That's who Jesus is. That when we say the word Christ, we're saying, Jesus, you're the anointed one. You're the one who is the promised rescuer, the one who's the promised king ruler, who comes to rule over all, to rule over me with your unfailing goodness, love, and kindness. We're also told that Jesus is the Son. We looked at this last week, but Jesus, as God's only Son, reveals who God is. Jesus reveals the one who is unseen to be seen. You find, again, Paul writing to the Colossians, and I'm just going to use the message paraphrase, in Colossians 1.15, which says, we look at this son and see the God who cannot be seen. We look at this son and see God's original purpose in everything created. See, as we consider Jesus as the son, we get to see who God is. That when you read the accounts of Jesus' life, On earth, Jesus' death, Jesus' resurrection, it reveals the wonder of who the God, the maker of the universe is. This God who is unfailing in love and kindness and righteousness and mercy and justice. But Jesus not only reveals who God is, Jesus also reveals that God is a God of relationship. Jesus, the Son, reveals that God is three in one, his Son, Father, and Spirit, in eternal living relationship. We looked at that last week. If you want to look at it in a bit more detail, listen to last week's talk. But in this week, I just want to say, it reveals the God of relationship who's eternally existed in love, in relationship as Father, Son, and Spirit, who's longing to cause all of humanity to be brought in to that relationship. Jesus a son, as we proclaim him as son, reminds us that the God who can be seen and known and also the God who's longing to cause us to know relationship, to cause us to know this eternal loving relationship that's always existed, that we'd be caught up now in it. But it's only that Jesus is the Christ, that Jesus is the son. We're also told that Jesus is Lord. In Philippians 2, 11, it says, Paul writes this, every tongue declare that Jesus Christ is Lord. We've sung of that as well this morning. I think we're probably picking up, aren't we? The first song we sang was kind of a rendition of the Apostles' Creed. It's kind of like there. And so in it, we've both sung of Jesus, the name above all names. We've also sung of Jesus who is Lord. Janet Soskis helps us understand the wonder and the breadth of that statement that Paul is making that is made through the creed, that every tongue declares that Jesus Christ is Lord. As she comments on that verse and says this, This Jesus is the Lord, the one before whom every knee should bow and every tongue confess. This is to identify Jesus with Yahweh, The one through all is made our creator and redeemer. See, when we say Lord, we're remembering the God who is one. Jesus is revealing the God of the Old Testament, Yahweh, Father, Son, and Spirit, the one who is Lord over all, creator of all, redeemer of all. That's what we're saying when we're saying Lord. We're remembering Jesus, your God. And you're Lord over everything, creator of everything, sustainer of everything, redeemer of everything. See, we get to confess, therefore, that Jesus is my Lord, that Jesus is our Lord, and that Jesus is Lord over all. I don't know if you knew what was going on in that moment when we were singing, like, Jesus is Lord, Like, what was happening in that moment was both a present reality and a future promise that we were getting part of. See, what we were declaring over ourselves, over each other, in this present moment, is that Jesus is Lord, which is about me. In that moment, as we're singing, Jesus is Lord, it means that we're proclaiming, he is my Lord. He's the centre of my life. He's the one who sustains me. He's the one who's redeeming me, transforming me. That's what I'm singing as I say, Jesus is Lord. But it's also something I'm singing over everyone. It's something that together we sing because it's about us in this present moment. That Jesus is our Lord. That we all come in the same need and receive the same gift. All of us, need Jesus, all of us receive Jesus. As we come and proclaim Jesus is our Lord, it reminds us that we're like no other community on the planet who come not in competition or comparison, but rather come in this deep sense of family unity that we've all come in need of Jesus, receive the same gift, and therefore are completely revolutionized in how we relate because he's our Lord. We come remembering the person around me is not just a person. They're my brother and my sister. That's God's desire for the whole of the world, for the whole of humanity. Which brings us then not only to a present reality, it's also a future promise. It becomes a prophetic statement. God's intent for the future that will happen really? Like when we're singing, Jesus is Lord? Yeah, well, that proclaims is One day, everything created will bow the knee and see that Jesus is Lord that's what we were that's what we were doing this morning like it was this proclamation not just of this moment now it was for a future moment that will be revealed where the whole of creation comes and bows before Jesus and says you are lord and that transforms a bit what's going on doesn't it when he gather and he sings some simple words jesus is lord you think wow this is a proclamation Not only over us in this moment of the reality we're living in, but a proclamation to the whole of the universe of what the destiny is. Wow, what a privilege to get caught up in that. And some of us are thinking, yeah, it just felt like we just kept singing it for ages. I'm thinking, when's it gonna stop? (laughs) It's never gonna stop. It's gonna build to a crescendo until the whole of the creation is saying, Jesus is Lord. Jesus the Christ, Jesus the Son, Jesus the Lord, and Jesus one of us. Philippians 2 says, born as a human being. In 1995, Joan Osborne released a song that continuously went viral. And it was a song that asked the question, what if God was one of us? What if God was one of us? If you've not listened to it, go home, listen to on Spotify, YouTube, whatever your preference is. And in it, you'll find that the question says, what if God was one of us? Just like any one of us trying to find their way home. And the reality is to that question, the answer comes loud and clear through the Bible and says, God was one of us in the person of Jesus. That Jesus was fully God and fully human. As the creed says, he was conceived by the spirit born of Virgin Mary. Now, That's like a bit of a mind-bender. Conceived by the Spirit, born of Virgin Mary. And I could spend a long time now talking about this, but I'm not going to because I haven't got a lot of time. But rather what I'd say is, what we've got to do in that moment is allow ourselves to remember the whole story of the Bible. Conceived by the Spirit, born of Virgin Mary. See, what you see there is this moment that's revealing another moment. Another moment where God is creating. Creating the very beginning of the Bible, where you find that the Spirit is hovering over the waters of the earth and then creates life. And in it, we find this other moment now, where God who comes and takes on flesh, fully God, fully human. And we find the Spirit is present once again to bring about new creation. Here's the deal. Just as in Genesis 1, it doesn't reveal the how of how God does that. It just reveals the who and the why. So too, in this moment, we're not told how God does it. We're just told the who and the why, that God does do it. In order that we don't get set and caught up in the how, but rather get to see the wonder of the who and the why. Because when we see that, we realise that God coming as Jesus, fully God, fully man, reveals one who identifies with us. Jesus understands us as human beings. He becomes part of our story to draw us into his story, making a way through his life, death and resurrection for us to become part of his new creation that is characterized by his unfailing love, peace and goodness. What if God was one of us? He was, his name is Jesus. And he came as one of us in order that we'd know he knows and understands us. He lived in our story in order to draw us into his story in order that we would then become part of his new Creation. Jesus, name above all names. Christ, Son, Lord, one of us. The invitation then is to see and to savour Jesus. So we have paused and we've centred on Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of Virgin Mary. Then we get to continue from that place, centering on the wonder of who Jesus is. We get to go from this place, living and seeing and savouring the wonder and beauty of Jesus and sharing him then with others. It can only be the natural response. Then we see the wonder of who Jesus is. We can't help but talk about him. But also in this moment, we get to see and savor afresh through communion. And that's how we're going to end our gathering together. As we come and eat and drink, we savor the one who is Christ, Son, Lord, and one of us. Therefore, I want to encourage you if you want to come again, maybe for the first time you want to come and say, Actually, I receive afresh the wonder of who you are, Jesus. I'm going to ask you now to go to one of the points around. There's two at the front, one at the back, uh, out in the corridor, just getting moved now. Uh, I think probably there's gluten-free option at the back. Uh, I'd ask you, if you want to come and receive Jesus, come and take of the bread and juice, bring it back to your seat, and then we're going to share it together. And from this place we go. We've paused, we've centred, we continue. We go with this wonderful news of who Jesus is for us and who Jesus is for everyone.